Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. When it comes to circumstances in life, it's not unusual for people to experience problems. It's not unusual at all. There is nothing unusual about these things. You know, sometimes people experience all kinds of different problems in their life, and sometimes they have this reaction like this is unusual, like there's something different, like there's something strange about suffering in this world. But, my friend, there's nothing strange about it at all. Everybody experiences their own types of tribulations in their life, their own individual problems in their life. Everybody faces their own unique circumstances. And sometimes people look at their situations and they realize that there is going to be only one of two outcomes. This is normally the case. Normally people experience one of two different outcomes. The first possible outcome is that they are going to be a victim. That tends to be the most common outcome, unfortunately, because when you're experiencing some suffering or tribulation, usually it is a warning that you are about to experience suffering to the point where you are going to be recognized as the victim in this circumstance. And, of course, the other outcome that may result from this is that you will be the victor, that you will somehow survive the tribulation or you will survive the suffering and you will overcome it in a way that you will actually gain more from the situation than you would have had if you had not engaged the situation. Or perhaps you might come out of the situation without a significant loss of some kind. Now, in this program, I'm going to talk about this idea of suffering and tribulation. But I'm going to talk about it in the context of what our God can do with the sufferings and the tribulations that we experience in our lives. When it comes to the subject of why do we experience suffering or why do we experience tribulation, why do we have problems in our lives, I've done other programs on that. I did a series on the subject of suffering, and you can find those programs in my radio archive. But in this program, I'm going to talk about the results of suffering. I'm going to talk about the value of it in terms of what our God can actually do with the sufferings and with the tribulations that we experience in our lives. Now, to do this, I would like to start with the subject of why do people want to be saved? Why do people want to be saved anyway? Not saved in the sense of being saved from a tribulation, but why do people want to be saved at all? Why do they want to have a relationship with God at all? Well, there are a number of reasons. There are many motives that encourage people to be saved, to turn to the Lord, receive the gospel, surrender to him. There are various motivations that people have, but one of the most common motivations that people have is to avoid hell. And so they come to the Lord out of a desire to have a fire insurance policy. That's what many people do. And I can certainly appreciate that. I can understand that. If that's what it takes for a person to come to the Lord and submit to him and embrace the gospel, then by all means, if that's what it takes, then I'll take it. 
I'm sure the Lord will take that. I'm confident that he would prefer something else, but I understand that if that's what it takes, that he will make use of that. I have seen him make use of that many times. But there are other reasons why people turn to the Lord. Another common reason is that people turn to the Lord because they have experienced a lot of tribulation. They have experienced a lot of suffering, and they want to recover. They want some kind of recovery, and so they search for divine intervention. They go to a church or they go to a friend of theirs who apparently knows God and they start asking questions. They have a desire to know this God because they want their God to intervene in their lives and somehow recover the things that they lost when they were victimized by a tribulation of some kind. Other people just want a better life. They have a pretty good life as it is, but they believe that they will have an improvement And so they look to the Lord to give them more blessings in their life above and beyond what they already have. These are some of the motives that people have to be saved. They are looking to avoid tribulations or they are looking to recover from tribulations. They want an increase in blessings in their life beyond what they already have. But the more a person pursues the Lord, I believe he will eventually reveal to them that there's something else that they should be thinking about. I believe that he will speak to people about this attitude that people have, this selfish, self-consumed attitude that people have about their lives. And I sincerely believe that he will speak to them and tell them something very, very important. He will tell them that he is God. And that they had better get in touch with that and get in touch with that really soon. Because if he is God, then they should begin to think more about him than about themselves. They should be asking different questions. Who are you? And how can I see who you are? What is your involvement in the world that I am in? This question will sometimes come up because they get impatient. They discover that he's not necessarily going to bless them in the way that they thought he would. And so they start asking different kinds of questions. And I sincerely believe that he will begin to answer those questions in order to direct an individual in the proper way to say, listen, I am here for a reason. And that reason doesn't have a whole lot to do with the reasons why you thought I was here. But I am here for other reasons. You know, when he created humanity, he created Adam and Eve for the purpose of being a reflection of who he is. He said, let us make man in our image. When he said that, he meant, I am going to make man in such a way that I am going to be able to reveal myself within and through him. He is going to be the conduit, in effect. Or more correctly, he is going to be the mirror. He is going to be the one who I am able to reflect myself off of so that the invisible God can manifest in a physical, invisible way so that my glory, who I am, can be seen by others and the glory of God will then be manifested within and through his creation. That's what he originally intended. And he is still doing that today through the people who have been born again by his spirit, who have been resurrected, he is reflecting himself within and through them. When a person gets in touch with this, I think they can understand that they were saved. They were saved by God for a reason. 
And that reason certainly is so that he could get them out of hell. But it wasn't just so he could get people out of hell and into heaven. It was so that he could get himself out of heaven and into you. Certainly, you may have lost a lot through one of the recent tribulations in your life. That's true. But what he gives to you is what you truly need for life and godliness. Yes, you may want a better life. But the kind of life that he is offering is a life that you don't quite understand yet. And when you recognize that, then he can open the door to you and show you what's on the other side of that door, which is a life that is a different kind of life. And folks, it is a better life. But until you walk through that door and really live according to the truth that he has revealed, until you do that, you're not going to understand what that life is really about. I can tell you about it, but that's not the same as you living it. There is a difference. For example, you might watch a movie on a television, and you can see the movie, you can enjoy the movie. There's a big difference, though, between watching the movie and going out into the world and living a life that is the same or similar to the movie you just saw. There's a big difference between someone telling you about something and you experiencing it yourself. That is a limitation that I have. I can only tell you about something, but to experience it, you must turn to the living God. I do believe that he will open these doors for you personally. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. In verse 2 he says that your faith is nothing more than an introduction, an introduction into the grace that you have been called to stand in. When the truth has been revealed to you, the truth about the existence of your God, the truth about your condition, and the truth about his provision, when you have been exposed to these truths, then you can believe and trust in these truths. And when you do, and you embrace the gospel, when you embrace the free gift of eternal life, you are expressing the faith that exists within you. But this is nothing more than your introduction to your God. This is the initial introduction. And in this introduction, you will have a great sense of anticipation. You probably remember what it was like to first be saved. When you first believed and you trusted and you were so excited. Even today, I see many people being saved and they're so excited. They're so excited. They have such great expectation. They have great anticipation. They have a hope that they just know will be realized. And then a few months later, or maybe even a few weeks later, and in some cases a few days later, this hope seems to disappear. This excitement seems to go away. For some reason, it gets suppressed and they become depressed. Why does this happen? Well, part of it is because they had some unrealistic expectations. They came to the Lord for reasons that he never intended. And they are discovering that this is the case. And the adjustment people have to go through is very important as they become sober, as they realize that there is a reality and they don't really know what it is, but they know it's there. 
Well, that's a hope. That's something that they can now hope for that is real. They're not hoping that God is going to return to them those things that were taken from them. They're not hoping that he's just going to give them a better life of health, wealth, and prosperity. They're not thinking about that anymore. Now, they are thinking about other things. They're thinking there is something else that the Lord wants to show me, and this is the opportunity to see it when you finally acknowledge that there is something else. And this something else begins with the glory of God, that we exult in hope of not the revelation of divine intervention in our lives, but we exult in the hope that the glory of God is going to be manifested in our lives so that we can see our God, so that we might begin to know more about who he is. That's a different kind of hope. It's not a hope that has anything to do with being a victim or a victor. It is a hope that has to do with knowing your God. Again, in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. That is something that you can have hope in. In verse 3, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This is a small piece of the glory of God. The glory of God is beyond understanding, at least in its fullness. But here he gives us a small piece that we can understand. In verse 5, it is the love of God that gets poured out into your heart. Your heart is empty, and His love is full. And when He fills your empty heart with His love, you will see His glory, because that is the glory of God. Now, how does this occur? Well, in this case, in this example that we have here in Romans chapter 5, it occurs through tribulations. Now, this is a difficult transition for people to make because in most cases, people turn to the Lord because they do not want any tribulations in their life. Most people turn to the Lord because they don't want any sufferings in their life. But you need to get in touch with this, and that is that you live in a sinful world. You live in a fallen world. And so you are going to experience tribulations. You are going to experience sufferings. And I understand that the Lord might intervene in a divine way to prevent you from experiencing tribulations and sufferings. I understand that. But for the most part, I can tell that this is not the decision that he makes in most cases. In most cases, he does not decide to intervene. Instead, he uses these opportunities to show you something about who he is. Now, that does not mean that he is the one who is responsible for the sufferings and the tribulations. I don't believe that. I believe that he capitalizes on the sufferings and the tribulations and that he will make use of them. But I believe that he allows humanity, he allows people to make decisions on their own. He gives people the right and the freedom to choose what they are going to believe and to choose what they are going to do. And the consequences that result from this are the sufferings and the tribulations that you experience. 
He does that so that people can choose to do good, which means in this case, people can choose to believe him. They can choose to trust him. But the cost of that is that he has to allow people to choose not to believe in him, to choose not to trust in him. And the result of that will be suffering and tribulation. But now this hope that you have that the glory of God will be manifested will be realized because you are going to experience suffering. You are going to experience tribulation. And when you do, I believe that the Lord will speak to you concerning these matters. I do believe that because he has done that in my life. Now, in my life, he does not always speak to me about these matters as soon as I would like him to. I can identify many circumstances in my life where he would not speak to me about these issues for many years. Many years would go by and then he would open my eyes and he would say to me in my heart, he would say, I want you to see something. This is what I want you to see. You are now ready to see this and understand this. You were not ready before, but I have prepared you so that you can see and understand now. And so how he will do this in your life, I don't know. I'm not God. All I can do is testify and say with sincere conviction, I believe one day he will open your eyes and show you something concerning this. And when he does, you will see things that you never saw before. And you will have an understanding that you never had before. You know, people experience tribulations in their life all the time, and some people experience the same problems. But when you have two people who experience the same problem, they normally deal with these problems differently. Sometimes one person will not deal with it very well at all. Another person will deal with it very simply. They will understand the situation. They will see it for what it is. They will struggle. They will wrestle with the issues, of course, but they will get through it and they will move on in their lives. Other people, they struggle with these issues. They wrestle with them. And these issues practically paralyze these people for a significant amount of time in their lives, a significant amount of time. People deal with the same problem in different ways. And I believe that as the Lord gives you discernment concerning these issues, as he shows you what he sees through his eyes, as he speaks to you and tells you what he hears in his ears, that he will develop within you a sense of perseverance, that you will be able to persevere circumstances that are like that much easier because you can anticipate that he will reveal something to you or you will be able to walk through it with the wisdom and the discernment that he already gave to you in advance. This is a measure of maturity. You know, when you are young, you experience problems and you deal with them in one way. And then when you get older and you experience the same problems, you deal with them in a different way. When you were young, they were terrible. They were catastrophic. But when you are old, they might be terrible, but they're not catastrophic. Not just because you've been there and you've done that, but because of the discernment that you have, because of the maturity that you have, because of the perseverance that you have. And this collection of attitude and discernment and personality and perspective is what constitutes your character. Your character is developed from the perseverance that you experience. And so when you encounter tribulations and sufferings that you have never encountered before, you will have something to refer to. You will have experience. You will have 
something to look at in your past and you can say, you know, I have been through something similar to this and I went through it and there were things that the Lord showed me and I'm very thankful for those things. And because of the perseverance and the character that I have now, I can enter into this new tribulation and this new suffering in a way that I would have never been able to enter into before. And the tribulation that I am facing may be much greater much greater than what I have ever encountered. But because he has shown me things in those small circumstances of life, in the small tribulations, I have grown to trust him. And so now being faced with something greater, I can trust him still with that which is greater. This is something that's experienced over time. And so if you have not experienced this yet in your relationship with your God in your life, I would like to encourage you to look forward to this. That's what I would like to share with you, that this is something that you should anticipate and you should expect and hope for, knowing that this hope is not going to disappoint. Because I believe that the more we mature in Christ Jesus through the shedding of barriers and beliefs that are not true, as the misunderstandings that we usually have when we enter into this new life that we have before us in Christ Jesus, as these misunderstandings and lies that we believe are corrected, and as we grow to discover the truth that he has revealed, I believe that these new doors will be open to us and that you should look forward to them. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 3, he says, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. And I'll read verse 5 in just a moment. I want you to see the transitions here. It starts out with hope. That's what it truly starts with. It doesn't start with the tribulations. This experience with your God starts with hope. It begins with hope. You have hope. You have an expectation that the glory of God is going to be revealed to you. The tribulations and the sufferings of life come to you and you experience them. And through them, perseverance is generated within you. And character results from that. And once this character is revealed to you, I mean the change that he makes in your heart, that you are not only an individual who was able to get through it, that you persevere, not just that, but that he transforms you through the revelation that he gives you about himself and his discernment and his wisdom, he transforms you. And when you see his glory manifested to you in this way, you now can have new hope. New hope will build within your life. And then this cycle begins to take place and it builds. It builds every time the cycle goes around. You start with this new hope that you have. Tribulations are experienced. You get through them with your perseverance and character is developed within you as your God works with you through the tribulations of life and through the revelation of his glory and through the revelation of who he is In a greater way, you can now have more hope. You can now have a greater sense of expectation and anticipation for the next tribulation through which you will persevere and through which he will develop character so that you can have new hope. Hope, tribulation, perseverance, 
character. Hope, tribulation, perseverance, character. It is a cycle of life. It is a cycle of relationship. It is a cycle of growth. And you will experience multiple, multiple iterations of this cycle. And for each iteration, for each cycle that you encounter, you will see more of the love of God. Just the discernment, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, just that alone shows you that your God is with you. And when you know that your God is with you, you know that he loves you. You know that. You can embrace that. It's no longer just a truth that you acknowledge, but it is something that you have experienced. You can say, I know that my God loves me because I know that he is here with me. For him to be here with me, he has to love me. And I know that his love is deep because the character that he has developed within me over the course of time is something that only he could do. And for him to do that shows me that he loves me enough that he would do a work in me. He would change me. He will transform me. He will conform me to his image. He will complete a work that he began. And the longer I live, the more he will do, the more he will show me, the more he will love me, and the more I will see his glory. Life becomes something different for a believer when we embrace this. It becomes a joy in a way that an unbeliever will never be able to comprehend. Most unbelievers are just hoping to just get through this life and somehow come out on top. But for us believers, we know that this life is not about trying to end on top or trying to survive or trying to withstand all the tribulations or get through it in some way. It's not about that at all. It's about what our God will do with us in our spirit, in our soul, that which will remain throughout eternity. This is this is the place. This is the workshop. This is the time. The time is now. It's now for you. And he is showing you who he is now. And he will do this for as long as you are here. And then when you see him, he will say with confidence, I know who you are. And you will say to him, and I know who you are. Let's rejoice. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net